you guys for tuning in to Listen Up with B Rye, AK, and E to the B with a special guest, Shanna. So this segment is called What's Going On, where we talk about whatever we find going on in the media, uh, whether it's a big news story or just something funny that we just want to talk about. Um, So basically, there is this woman who recently went viral after putting in a $100,000 offer for a couch. (laughs) And by accident. It wasn't like it was worth that much. It was totally by accident. And she apparently was just joking around and um, put in her card information, which I have no idea why you would do that if you're just joking around. And the transaction went through. I don't even do that on PayPal when it's like, hey, do you want to do this? No, thank you, Skip. Right. But it, it, it's... It's the fact that she she thought that this was, you know, just a little a little joke. Like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, purchase this, you know, pretend to purchase this. And she actually purchased it and then went into a full-blown panic mode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was probably legally binding. Like... That was crazy. Yeah. She was she was sitting there crying and asking if anyone had a million dollars she could borrow. No. <laughs> like, you don't play with your finances like that. Like your credit card information, your bank information, that's not a joke. There was nothing no. like funny or the game from it. Like I guess it was maybe like an eBay site or something like that. It yeah. had to be. And she thought, you know, let me just put it in a bid to make it go up or something and it backfired. <laughs> yeah, it backfired back. Okay, so with my mindset and my background, was there was there not like a rescission clause? Like she couldn't back out of it, or I didn't see the video, so I don't know what happened. Or I didn't see. See, there's not too much information oh, about okay. that part, but I mean, apparently, it just like once she put in that card information, it went through, and oh, she. So we do have audio. I'm going to try to play it and see if you can pick up what she says. I have to pull over right now because I'm about to fucking throw up. I just put an offer on the couch, and I was joking, I was joking, but I put in my card information, and it just charged my fucking account, and I almost crashed my car when I saw it, because I don't, I don't have, oh my god, I was joking, I was joking, if you're, if you have a million dollars, can you please donate, can you please donate, please, if you have a million dollars, can you let me borrow some, please? So yeah, uh, I just I don't know what to think of that because is it a real story or is it one of those scams to like try to get people to send money to their? Um... It, it looks like a real story because oh I mean the way she was upset. Yeah, she's like an actress, and yeah. I did actually find her Instagram, and she seems to be some type of influencer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not following anyone who's dumb enough to put their credit card information and I know. actually go through with the transaction. But, you know, Shanna, you brought up a good point. It, maybe she could have done this for attention. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, like, what if what if it actually... Because there, there really wasn't any, like, information as far as what website she went to, how the transaction went, you know... What it's about? My, so, like, I go to my HR background, and, it, like, I have so many questions, you know? It's kind of like, now I need to do an investigation. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Because that's yeah. why I looked it up and, like, okay, what what other information is out here that, you know, can tell me if this is real, this fake, or this, you know, some type of crazy clout chasing? 
I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards this. It may be a clout chasing yeah. situation, but I will say with this new generation, nothing will surprise me. So them yeah, doing yeah. something stupid like this, like, oh, I'm just going to go to eBay and I'm going to put in my information and be able, you know, some of those sites require you to fill out your information so you can bid. Yeah. But so maybe that's what's going on here. Well, then also, I guess on the reverse side, looking at it from a different perspective, how many times have you gone to buy something, like whether it's Amazon or whatever, and you're like, I, I didn't mean to buy that yet. Oh my gosh. Uh -huh. I meant to put that in my cart. No, I didn't want to buy now. You know? Yeah. So like, I don't know. There's so but, many. But I caught, usually I catch it quick enough to yeah. like cancel it. Apparently she just <laughs> let, <laughs> let it go. Like. I ain't gonna lie. I would just shit a brick. I was driving, I'd want to pull over right now, too. <laughs> but she shouldn't have been driving and looking at her phone anyways. So let's start it's with true. that. Because that's, right. that's a whole different story. Like, I'm just, like, overanalyzing everything of this, what she said. I mean, because we're responsible adults. And we don't play with your credit. Don't play with your bank account. Like, I, oh I don't gosh. care. It wasn't even... Like, what was the purpose? I, I, I want to know what was her mindset in the beginning. Did she? Hopefully, she liked the couch. Whatever it was. Whatever, I, I know. She I, at least that, liked it, you that, know? That, that's like. what I also thought about that. Like, this couch better be the nicest fucking couch in existence. Yeah. Like, better this be better be gold and diamonds yes. on that couch. Yeah. <laughs> you need to see if you can find a picture. Because I, 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 I want to like, see it, too. Oh, no. and, oh, that's another thing. There's no picture of the couch yet. So, mm. I'm just... Mm -hmm. Now, now you have me thinking. It might be... Like, now you have me thinking. Cloud chasing gone wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh not... I God. mean, she looks... If this is fake, I mean, she looks so stupid. But she's a good actress because those tears that was coming <laughs> yeah. down her face. Not to laugh at her crying, but I mean, it was it was, it was convincing because I, when I first seen him, I'm like, what in the hell? Like, what were you thinking? Like, what? But like I said, like this current generation, it would not surprise me one bit. I mean, because yeah. you have stories of people spending thousands of dollars on those... Uh, online casinos or even the um like games like Candy Crush like someone spent like five thousand dollars on that this is but, my life right now but I've got two young kids so they're all the time <laughs> trying to spend their own money and my money I'm like no you're gonna be done with this game in a week right right I have nieces and nephews I understand <laughs> Be like, can you buy? No. <laughs> if you just buy, the no. That's your fault. No. Uh, yes. Because you, yeah, mm -mm. run all my money out. Oh my and I gosh. mean, it happens quickly, too. It does. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, best of luck to her. I mean, yeah. do you guys think she could dispute the charges? <laughs> It, that's it, what I'm wondering. Like, that's why I asked. Is there, like, a, surely there's a rescission clause or... I, I don't know. There's I'm surprised it went through. <laughs> I mean, who oh, yeah. Good point. Maybe it'll be declined if she doesn't have enough money. Maybe they'll be like, uh, you can't know. Right. Well, hopefully. <laughs> some, some makes it be like, you owe us. We, we paid for it, but now you owe us. Yeah. But in the comment section, they were telling her to, like, dispute the charges, say it was fraud. But now I'm like, this is all over the internet, so I don't know if it's, yeah, like, yeah. even possible. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes being an influencer, you have to be cautious of um, what you're putting out and when you're putting it out versus <laughs> what you've done, you know? Cause right. Because you can't go back on it. Yeah. It's all there. And speaking of influencers, I have a story for us. So did anyone hear about Kim Kardashian? Which story? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, good, today. good point. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, she got sued by a set because she posted about a crypto and she didn't disclose that she was paid. So she kind of did it like, you know, this is something I invest in and you should invest into it. And from what I've read, like they were calling it a pump and dump. Uh. And if you're not familiar with crypto lingo, pump and dump is basically where you say, this is going to be the next big thing. This is the next Bitcoin. Go ahead and invest. And people, you know, they spend all types of money on this crypto thinking it's going to like blow blow up and what ends up happening is they have uh what they call wells is someone who has a vast majority of the crypto and they'll watch it go up and they'll let it go on for a while and then they'll dump all their uh crypto access takes all, all the money and you're left you know it's worthless because all the money has been taken out so this is what kim kardashian is being accused of is like basically it's a pump and dump and not disclosing that she was part like she was paid for it she wasn't just like an investor this is like her just saying, hey, this is the crypto that I personally buy and I'm invested in. Okay, first of all, just with her reputation, I don't think I would take any financial advice from her. She's more of just just in, not not necessarily influencer but just like a kardashian uh, yeah a Kardashian. <laughs> yeah she she she's not into like business she doesn't know business and money and, and stuff like you know along those lines so i i, I don't know I, I i wouldn't really jump to you know oh i'm being listened to what she says about crypto and about this and that like no i feel you because that, that's not someone i'm gonna go to yeah or crypto advice but this is this brings you know to the conversation of like watching these influencers pump things and be like oh yeah let me get into it and you don't even know if they're truly into it we're assuming that you know she is because she, it's on her page and everything but you know she was paid i think they said two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for these uh ads she actually got sued for 1.2 million. Oh, wow I feel like she should have gotten sued for a little bit more just because of, I mean, that that's pocket change. That's what <laughs> everyone's been saying. But that, I mean, but that brings into the conversation, be careful who you follow for legal advice, who you follow for financial advice, because you're putting yourself at risk. Because she's not going to really lose anything, like you said, pocket change. Yeah. But to us commoners, you know, 10000 5000 shoot, even $1,000 could be, you know, a life-changing thing. A $100,000 couch. <laughs> <laughs> Even a hundred thousand dollar couch, <laughs> but <laughs> but people need to do their homework because you you just never know what rabbit hole you're really gonna like get thrown down. And this is like proof like you cannot always like follow what these celebrities are doing and just believing them blindly. I agree. That's a scary thing about influencers. In my this is just my opinion. You know you really you really have to know who who you're following and what they're into and. You're you can get stuck in those situations where you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best person in the world. They're not necessarily taking their own advice. And then here you are following them. And yeah, it's scary. Yeah, because there's stories even about people who aren't on Kim Kardashian's type of level, but they have a falling where people follow them into debt, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to disclose too much information on this, but I have a friend who child got suckered into like someone saying that they could help them with some crypto and they could build a lot of money and hopefully
hopefully not, but you might have got taken for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, be careful out there. Like the first thing when I started investing into uh, crypto, I was taught, do your own research, do your own research. That's the best thing you could do is protect yourself. Even when you're investing in stock, do your own research. Do not just believe blindly because you heard someone on YouTube or you heard someone on a podcast or in a uh, you know Discord group say, hey, go buy this because it's going to double in value. You never know. You need to research and be sure that before you put your $100 or you put $5,000 in there, that it is what it's going to do what it's supposed to do, what they're saying that's going to do. I feel like people reach wealth in different ways. And just because it's good for one person to do it this way doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily be the best process for someone else to follow. You know, being in in the positions that I've been in 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 my, um, you know, previous careers and my current career, I see so many different people doing so many different things and giving advice and saying, hey, go this way, go this way. But ultimately, I think like, just like you said, you do your own research. You find out what's going to work best for you. Ask a million questions. If you don't know what questions to ask, Google it. Right. You know, ask other people. Get get different individuals' advice and opinions and backgrounds and stories before you just jump into something. Because again, what works for someone may not work for you. They may have been in a different position at that time when they very first started versus where you are now or, you know. Right, th- right. Th- yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That's some good advice. Yes, it is. Thank you. this is our in real life segment where we talk about things that happen in real life whether it's us a friend a family a co-worker um today we are going to talk about finances yeah so keep in mind we are not lenders we're not financial advisors we're not mortgage advisors we're just here to give information based off of what we've experienced in life what our friends and families have experienced so yeah Thank yeah, you, so oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're and welcome. Basically, um, yeah, we'll just be giving out like what to do or what not to do based of off of what we've been through. So you want me to start first? <laughs> okay. So I've been working on my like credit for a couple years. Uh, just a little background. I actually, before I moved to Louisville, I had two jobs in Michigan. And interesting enough, I lost them like two weeks apart. So trying to figure out what I was going to do before I moved to Kentucky, I had to move back in with my parents. Uh, I was on unemployment, trying to make it work, trying to pay the bills that I had. And by the time I got to Louisville, I will say I stayed with my sister and hmm. unemployment doesn't pay that much <laughs> to anyone who's wondering like I got through say about four months before I was able to find a job and by the time I found my job I was down to my last hundred in my account and <clears throat> it just taught me to have savings like how important it is to save and plan because you never know what's going to happen and before I did come to Louisville, I was putting a lot of my money into the savings just because, you know, you just never know what's going to happen, what's going to go on. And I had to, you know, try to support myself and still pay bills because just because I didn't have a job didn't mean those are going to go away. Uh, I will say the biggest thing is honestly just try to try to plan ahead. I know a lot of people like to live in a moment and they don't think about the future, but you really need to be planning ahead, especially if you feel like you're going to change your job or, you know, you have a feeling that maybe you're not going to last long at your job. You should be having a little bit of savings, especially if you rent or anything, at least be a month or two ahead. Um, one big thing my mom actually taught me when I was uh, living by myself, which I still do. 
But I was nervous about like how was I gonna pay my bills off of one check because I, I thought that's how you did it. Like you build up one big check and then you paid your uh, rent. And my mom broke it down. She's like, no. She said if your rent is eight fifty, you take one hundred and fifty out of each check, and then that hundred and fifty you put into account for your rent, and that doesn't exist. So you're only working off the money that you do actually have after you pay your bills and everything. And let me tell you, like that has worked wonders for me. I was able to. To still live my life, able to like go on trips and everything, doing that like that that helped me so much. Yeah, because once you put that money aside, it's like outside, out of mind. You're not you're not thinking about that extra money that's going towards rent. So that that definitely helps out. I think one thing is good balance. Like you've got, I feel like sometimes you've got different ends of the spectrum. You've got those people that like are penny pinchers, probably me. Um, and then you got those people that are like, oh, you only live once. Like no way, I'm gonna do whatever I want, whenever I want. I'm gonna spend my money, live paycheck to paycheck. Which hey, if that's for them, that's fine too. But like in my opinion, one thing you always have to think about are the unknowns. Like. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? What's going to creep up on me next? Like a car. I don't care who you are, how new your car is. You still have to get an oil change. And those things are not cheap anymore. You know, or if you have an apartment, you know, you still have to buy your food, which is outrageous right now. So yes. like you always have yeah. to remember all those other things too. Like, and I feel like that's a big thing with people is it's tough and it's not getting any cheaper. So. Mm-mm. And speaking of car problems and stuff, um, it was a few weeks ago I was driving home. It was nighttime. I was driving home and I don't know what the heck I hit, but I hit something. It was solid. It looked like possibly maybe a solid like piece of wood. Long story short, I could not like avoid it and my like I, I hit it and it basically flattened my uh driver's side tires. Uh, and that's not cheap. Yeah, I had to get new tires and new rims too because the rims were destroyed, so so were you prepared for anything like this? Uh, no. See, that's my problem is that I'm not I'm not one of those people that plan ahead and I really, really need to work on that. Yeah. And it's I, tough to get out of that mindset. Like, I, it, it, I, it, I it get is, it. it. I is. totally get it. But, it, you know, at the same time, it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. It, it's like I'll, I'll set aside some money and then I'll somehow... <clears throat> find a reason or should I say excuse to dip into that money Mm -hmm. so I I I will openly admit I need to work on my finances (laughs) bad see I I I agree I agree 100% with Shannon. Like, you, people being one of those people who like, oh, you only live once, you might as well spend it yeah. just because you have an account. But those are, from my experience, those are usually the people who will come knocking at your door, they need help, or they don't have it, and then they're panicked of what they're going to do. I get criticized because I do plan ahead. And I look like, I live by myself, I support myself. I don't have too many people I could fall back on, so I'm not going to dig myself into a, a hole and be like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills because like it's just me and my sister out here so there's nowhere besides my sister but there's really nowhere for me to go if something did happen so like I I guess that's why I developed that mind state and my mom when I was younger she used to always tell me to save and you never know what's going to happen tomorrow and you know being younger you really don't think about that until you see certain things and you're like oh this is what she's talking about because I have so many friends who've been in situations where I've like financially helped them out or you know just seeing them struggle and 
and just like you don't have to struggle like that like i have a friend who i actually like told how to save money and i'm like look you can't keep living paycheck to paycheck because it's like we're older and it's it's kind of dumb to go out there and drink and party when you know you can't afford it but she got back she got back on to the uh, right track and she was like thanking me because she was like if i didn't tell her what my mom had told me she was like i would still be uh struggling and still trying to figure it out but she took the advice and like shannon said it's really a mentality you have to like work yourself out of it mm -hmm. it's not yeah. easy i mean it, it really isn't because there's times where i want to like splurge but one thing i've learned too is you know you you might see some pants and say they're 150 dollars and be like oh i need this right now but i'll walk around the store with the pair of pants and by the time i get to the register if i feel like mm, i don't really need a 150 dollars pair of pants like where am i really going <laughs> like in these so i'll put it back walmart has the same pants for 20 dollars right <laughs> <laughs> right Sorry. i mean because most of the time is is you know people go broke for labels and yeah just a little design <clears throat> yeah now that i do also do that because i'm i'm trying like slowly trying to change my mindset and change bad habits so you know if i see something that ooh, i, I want this or ooh, i want that I'll, I'll walk around with it for a while and then decide i actually don't need this it, it, it looks nice but i don't need it so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll put it back and then another thing is that first of all i am horrible at asking people for help like i cannot i i, I hate it i hate really it. yeah so like if i'm going through some tough you know like with my car for example i didn't ask anybody to help me pay for it and it was a pain in the ass to ask for a ride to and from work because it's like i don't want to ask for you don't help. want to ask for help because you don't want to feel like a weakness but you also don't want to feel like a burden to someone it, else yeah yeah i so for me personally i took a huge thanks to my husband huge leap of faith with my career and I am thankful that I have the mindset that I have because of me I, I call myself a penny pincher but I've always said that but if it wasn't for me being that way and being frugal I would not be able to have the career that I have and but you know we can talk about that whenever but that's a huge thing too is like <clears throat> you have to make sure that you are in a situation to where if you do randomly lose a job to no fault of your own or whatever did the, whatever the situation is even if you decide like oh my gosh this is isn't the career path that I want. I want to transition to something else, but I don't really know how I'm going to financially do that. I mean, even to have that mindset to transition from one career to another, you have to be able to have those funds in your bank because you may, you quit your job and you get paid this day. Well, your next career may not pay you for another two weeks. Well, if you're already living paycheck to paycheck, what are you going to do for those next two weeks? You know, yeah. or if you're someone that... I don't know if you guys go out to eat, but fast food is outrageous right now, you know, and if you're somebody that's continuously going out to eat and so I don't know, that's just what I always think about is. And I think that's some real solid advice because even when I was on unemployment, people would tell me, don't worry, you know, there's an extension, you can get extension, but I never bought into that. And I'm like, mm, no, because when something happens or, you know, they were changing around this time, they started changing the regulations on unemployment. And then I was moving to another state I didn't know how that was gonna like work out but luckily I was smart enough to actually like save money while I was on the unemployment because what ended up happening was when my unemployment was done there was no extension to be had like they said no and I mean I called up to the unemployment place and mm -mm, there's no extension so I was able to save around like 2000 and that got me through until I got into my current job but keep in mind I only had a hundred dollars and I had to like figure it out like my sister was 
was helping me, but she could only help me so much because, you know, she's an adult. She has her own bills. So I think you, people have to have that in, in the back of their head. Like, you could get help, but it may not be, like, a constant thing. It may be a little help, you know. So, Shanna, can you tell us, like, the trans- transition from your former job to uh, your current one? Like, how did you go about doing that? So... It was, I was in a situation where I was just completely burnt out. I had been in my position for many, 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 many years. Um, and one day my husband was like, you know what? Do what you've always dreamed of doing. And I was like, what? It's like, do your dream job. Quit your current job. Do your dream job. And I thought my current job was, can I say what I used to do? Yeah, you can. Okay. So uh, for the longest time, I had been in a human resources career. Um, and I just became burnt out for many different reasons. That's a whole different story. And my husband's like, you know what? Do your dream job. And I was like, really? Well, my dream job is always always been to be a real estate agent. You know, from the time I was a kid, my dad used to drive us around the air quote rich neighborhoods and we would like ooh and all over all these beautiful houses. And you know, as a kid, you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, and I always wanted to be an agent, but I just, I never followed that career path. I always did something in more of a, a corporate type of position. And see, I, I always wondered why you chose real estate because I, you know, I didn't know the back. I did yeah. not know the yeah. backstory. I yeah. didn't know yeah, so my dad used to always drive us around, um, which at that time, I'll tell you, it was Windsor Forest. You know, growing up, yeah. Windsor Forest was like the neighborhood. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one, yeah, but yeah. anywho, you know, so we would always drive around. And so that's kind of what I've always been interested in homes, but I've also had a passion to help people. I love helping people. And it can even, I know it sounds silly, but from even just smiling to someone or, you know, listening to what they have to say or, you know, trying to give them advice, but letting them know like, hey, this is just what what my thoughts are like, you know, unsolicited advice or whatever the case may be, or maybe they asked for it. So anywho, I was like, okay, all right, let's, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to get my real estate license. So I quit. Like I just quit my job. I mean, of course I gave them a two week notice, but, and I was like, am I doing this? Like I'm doing this. Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm doing this. Like my husband is the most amazing person in this entire world. Like who just lets you quit your job and follow your dream. Um, so that's how I got to where I was at, but you can't do that with without a financial impact, you know? So like that is super scary in itself. It's like, are we sure? Like we're going from two really good incomes to one good, really good income. Like, are, are we sure we're ready for this? And yeah, like it's fine, babe, just do it. Go for it, do what you wanna do. So that's how I got to where I am now, be, becoming a real estate agent. Um, and you know, if you have any particular questions, let me know, but it is not all roses. I cannot tell you how many times people have been like, oh, so you're an agent, especially with how crazy the market has been like I got in at a time where the market was booming you know it was a crazy market it was a seller's market it wasn't a buyer's market and everybody's like man I bet you're doing great you got in at the right time and I think it's one of those things you can always step back and look at someone else's career and think like the best like oh man she's a millionaire she's rich she's selling houses her job is so easy. She doesn't have to worry about this or oh that. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, whether when I was in human resources or, you know, a real estate agent. But there is, you know, you always hear the term feast or famine. It is definitely feast or famine <laughs> when it comes to being a real estate agent. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's You have to have a sphere of influence. And to be very honest and very transparent, you know, I worked at a company for 17 years and I knew thousands of associates. I was an HR representative for thousands of of associates. Um, and then I transitioned from that particular company to another one, which was both of them being a warehouse. The second one was also a warehouse. Um, and I was there for a couple of years. So then you've got another several hundred. Indiv- so I was like, my sphere of in- 
influence. This should be great, you know. People seem to like me. They think I, they tell me that I have a great personality, you know. I try to be an upbeat and positive person. I'm going to go in. People are going to be like, yay, Shanna, you're a real estate agent. Hey, help me buy a house or help me help my family member buy a house. And no, it is not that easy. Like, it's tough. Like you, and I am not someone, I'm not good at promoting myself. I'm just not. Like, I am not an in your face. Like, I'm an agent. I'm an agent. I'm an agent. Which is funny because I'll have to tell my story about Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I'm always trying to get my cousin Jesse to buy a house because he's like, real estate agents are always in your face. And so I'm always like, hey, you need to come to Kentucky and let me sell you a house. Like, and one of these days he is. He yes. is going to come back to Kentucky and I'm going to sell him a house. That is my ultimate goal in life is to sell my cousin Jesse a house. So Jesse, if you hear this, I am going to be your agent and you will buy a house for me. She is coming for you. <laughs> You will come back to Kentucky <laughs> um, and she will sell you a house. That's right. Um, but that's kind of my backstory and how I became a real estate agent. I'm not rich. <laughs> it is not a get quick rich, get rich quick scheme. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but I do also have a lot of, you know, advice based on what I've seen, you know, for anyone that is interested in buying a home. And like we said at the beginning, we're not financial advisors. We're not mortgage lenders. We're not loan officers. So it's just right. based off of experience, experience you know. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my backstory. That is awesome. Like that's awesome to have a partner and be able to support you like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, and I'll, I'll tell you as a real estate agent, like it was, I did really well. So I guess I should say that I've been doing it for a couple of years now. Um, did really well my first year. Um, but doing really well doesn't necessarily mean you're making tons of money because one thing that people forget is, and so I guess I can say is whenever you go to a closing and you sell a house and you buy a house and you've got both people on that transaction, you get to see every aspect of it. You could see all those numbers and you see this number that's like, oh my gosh, that's what we're paying these real estate agents. But what you don't see is all the fees that we have to pay. So depending on what your split is, I'll get a percentage of it. And then the other real estate agent will get a split of it. Like the buying, you have a buying agent, you have a selling agent. We'll both get a split. Well, then we have to give some of that money to our broker, but then we also have to give some of that money to the company as a whole. But then we also have to pay there's tons of stuff that we have to pay for as an agent like our signs our business cards we don't have a mileage expense or um like a company credit card like everything we buy when i guess i should say it depends on the agency that you're with almost everything we do everything we buy is out of pocket and what people don't think about is they're like i want to see this house i want to see this house i want to see this house absolutely let's go see it that is my job and i can't wait to help you but imagine how expensive gas is Right. You know, so it's like when you see what a real estate agent gets paid on paper versus what we actually make, mm -mm, you see, know, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's crazy what, you know, when you see a number and again, it's so easy humans. That's just what we do. And I'm certain I'm guilty of it as well. You know, it just human nature is you see things from afar and you automatically think, oh, wow, you know, they must be doing great when really you don't know the situation. So again, that takes me back to the financial aspect of I am 
am always finding ways to to save money and to penny pinch because you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. Um, especially in this economy right now. Especially in this economy. Because who would have knew gas would have been close to $5 a couple months ago? Oh yeah. my gosh. I just went to Virginia last week and I passed through Tennessee to get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, gas is $2.99. On my way back home, I'm going to fill up because it's only $2.99. Nope, it was $3.35 when I was on my way home. I was like, it went up how much? Dang. I know. <laughs> I know. So it's just the small things like that, but yeah. I didn't, I did not know that y'all had to do all that. We do. So we have to pay. Um, okay. So you know how people can just go out and look on Zillow and Realtor and things like that, like that. Well, as a real estate agent, we actually have, um, it's called the MLS, a multiple listing service that we have to pay to use. Like that's what we use to put every bit of information on that you see. So that system feeds to those systems. Well, we have have to pay for that and it is not cheap it is not cheap at all and we have to pay um we have to take certain post licensing classes um and that's not cheap i mean it, people think for me to get started to be a realtor it cost me about three to four thousand dollars to become a realtor at the see, very beginning up front and that's the part people don't talk about yeah you know in case anyone out there is trying to switch their career depending on what career you're trying to switch into you might have to like pay for it you do you have yeah to be financially prepared to mm -hmm. actually do it luckily you had a you have a partner yes who is supportive and able to support you financially while you were making that transition yes because otherwise to be very honest i don't know how i don't know how people do it i, I don't i mean it's and that's why i said earlier you know one thing to keep in mind is if you want to and i say from experience you know when you change careers make sure you do all of your research and don't just jump from one career to another just because you see somebody doing it and you think it's all fun and you're gonna make millions and be super successful and I'm certain there have been people that have jumped into it with an amazing sphere of influence that have been extremely successful but it generally takes you quite a few years to build your sphere of influence I mean because if you think about it you know there's a lot of real estate agents and there's plenty there's plenty of real estate to go around you know but there's almost there's always going to be someone that has an agent that in their family you know or a friend and then they're like oh my gosh which one do I use um so I'm always like hey uh, you yeah. know what I'm here. If you want to use me, fantastic. If you don't, if you know someone else, I am not here to step on toes. Like I don't ever want to step on anybody's toes, but I'm here if you need me. So it sounds it sounds a lot like when we started this podcast. Like we we kind of jumped into it, mm -hmm. and for the most part, we weren't thinking about the like finance financial aspect of this. Like it's it's expensive. From like your this time equipment. To yeah. Your, I know. Yeah. When I walked in here, I was like, <laughs> Yeah, they're legit. Like my honest to goodness my first thought was oh my gosh they have spent so much money to get this podcast up and going like this equipment that I know that you guys listening to us you can't see it but like it's amazing and you know, your time and your efforts and everything that goes into it people probably are like oh it's a podcast they're just sitting there talking and having a great time yeah. which it's just, it, a, it's it, just it, a little it, hobby of yeah. theirs all yeah. they're just having a good little time and, and, and you know it it's, is in a sense but at the same time it costs you money yes. to get to that it's not just a hey i'm gonna just sit here and talk to everybody and you know like there's a lot of expenses that go into it and a lot more than yeah. what people talk about because they don't talk about you need to actually promote yourself and promote your yeah. podcast me and a yes got lucky for a while we were getting like 30 plays i know this is sounding a lot to certain people but for us to not have like really promote this beyond our facebook and instagram at the time like to get 30 plays was amazing and now we're on tiktok we have like 
like 500 followers on TikTok yeah. right now. But it's all promotion. It's all there's a lot of money involved, and you know, to this day, I'm just gonna say it. We haven't seen a return yet, but we know it's gonna come. Like we're yeah. passionate about it. We do this weekly. So you know, my husband always has to remind me, Shanna, don't give up. You were doing great. You were too hard on yourself. Keep going. Like he is. My husband is like ugh, I could cry talking about him. He is my saving grace. Like and you know him, Amber. Yeah. You know. He, he is a great guy. He's he is a, really... You know, and if it wasn't for him, and they say, statistically speaking, most people, when you are a real estate agent or even any type of entrepreneur, your first one to two years are going to be your toughest years. That's when you're putting in all your time, all your effort, all your money. You're not seeing a return on your investment. Um, and so I always, I'm always like, go for it. Do it. Do it. You know, you're going to do great. Don't worry about it. You're going to get through it. And sometimes I forget to take my own advice. And my husband's like, they like, just, you're great. You're too hard on yourself. I feel like you're doing a good job. And there's times where I feel like I'm not promoting myself. I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not an in-your-face person. And I forget that to be a realtor, sometimes you have to be. Like, you don't have to be in your face. But just, like, little reminders. Like, I'm the worst. Like, I didn't have a Facebook page set up. And, you know, I would, every now and then, I would post pictures of my awards. But having a sphere of influence, just just friends and family. Like, if they could just share. Just share. You know? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's the biggest form of flattery. It's like, you are saying, wow, I believe in them. You know? It gets other people out there to see you, you know, whether it's a podcast or it's being a realtor or if you have a small business of any sort, you know, what I would always say to people is keep that in mind. Take it in con into consideration. All it takes is for one person to share and then another person to share. And then, and that takes zero dollars. It takes exactly. like, you're already yes. on Facebook yes. or whatever social, I'm old, so I say Facebook because that's what I know, but you're already <laughs> on some form of social media. Like share your friends stuff. Share your family Thank stuff. You. Listen to this. Thank <laughs> like, you. You don't understand how much time and effort and work and money is going into this, you know? And so, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I think I just read off, went no, off the rant no, there. No, I love it. Uh, yes. Because you're dropping gems. You really yes. are. Thank you. And bringing things to the forefront people could think yeah. about before they potentially want to jump into another career. Absolutely. Like, talk to people, you know, have your money saved up because even if you think it's going to be all roses and amazing, like you may have those moments and not to sound like a negative Nelly, negative Nelly, but be prepared. Right. Be prepared. Financially, physically, you know. Mentally. Mentally. Yeah. Because my dad actually wanted to be a police officer. He's been working for, for, for years. I think he has like around like 27 years in. Wow. But his dream job was to be a police officer. But he said once he bounced everything between what a cop made and what he's making now, he's like, I, it can't be a police officer. He said, because I have a family and you guys all depend on me. And he wouldn't have been able to afford where we were living and everything mm -hmm. if he would have jumped careers like that. It's tough. And it's tough to follow your dream. Like, there's still days, like, even though I've not been very successful in the last few months, I still get to be home with my family. I'm like Susie Homemaker now. I'm doing things I never <laughs> thought I was going to be doing. But, like, there's days that I cry. Happy tears. I'm like, this is my life. Like, I'm following my dream. Because my husband, you know, I'm always going to give him kudos. Because if it wasn't for him, I would not be following this dream. But it wasn't easy. And it's not going to be easy. And it's going to continue to take work. So, yeah. But shout out to Jeremy for... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the right and die yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. So, okay. Since we're... Since you're a realtor, what advice do you have for people who are looking to get homes? Like, what would be your first thing you would say to someone? 
someone who maybe has a credit score around like let's say four to five hundred and they're like they want a home but they don't feel like they could actually get there to get that credit to get that home so there's a few different ways to go about doing it first what i will say is there are many well first let me preface with again i'm not a mortgage lender provider finance anything like that um but as a real estate agent if i had a client come to me and say hey i think this is my credit score first of all don't go based on what you think your credit score is from any credit institute that you've been working with because your lender may look at something totally different um you know you getting a car versus buying a house versus getting a credit card they're all going to look at different things within your credit so the first thing that i would say is and you can do it two different ways if you don't have a lender you can find a real estate agent that can give you recommendations i would always say go to several different lenders don't just stick with one until you've gotten all your information um because lender different lenders are going to charge different fees for different things and those are questions you want to ask so to start find you a lender um if you don't know of a lender find you an agent if you don't know of an agent go to social media and ask your family and friends who they recommend right <laughs> um for either for a mortgage lender or um a real estate agent whichever they kind of go hand in hand sometimes you know sometimes you have a lender that knows different agents or of course us agents we know lenders um so start there um so you definitely want to work on your credit score that's the big thing um there are so many different first-time homeowner opportunities out there there's different variations of different types of loans that you can get um as agents i don't i don't want to say i'm well versed but i feel like i'm very versed um in in those types of things but there are some agents that may not be well versed so those are really questions you should ask your mortgage provider and the lender is what are my options what types of loan what's how much do i have to put down and that goes back to the big financial point you know there's a lot that goes into buying a house financially um and i don't know if you guys want me to get into all that I go think. ahead oh, yeah okay go ahead. um so when it comes to buying a house you have to think about what am i going to have to pay for out of pocket what am i going to have to pay for when i close what am i going to have to pay for after i close so one thing you don't want to do is whenever you're going through the home buying process don't buy a car as crazy as this sounds don't buy furniture um and the reason why we say that is because that's going to ding your bank account it's going to be a huge first purchase your lender is going to look at everything from the very beginning to the very end um so you're going to have a pre-qualification and you're going to have a pre-approval two totally different things you can be pre-qualified you can get to the end and say oh, you're not pre-approved or you're not approved because a pre-qualification is just one of those where you tell them how much you make they look at your pay stubs but they don't dig real deep into your bank account they don't know the ends and the outs and that's what your pre-approval is is where they're like really digging into your bank account so basically when it comes to the furniture don't buy it until until you have the house yeah don't like maybe even buy it before like make sure you but it, that's kind of hard too because then you're like well where am I going to store it I don't have a place for furniture right now otherwise I'd probably so it's kind of one of those fine two things it's like oh I'm darned if I do I don't I'm darned if I don't um so what I would say is talk to your mortgage lender or whoever you're going to use and I would say me personally I would stay with someone local it doesn't have to be your bank um but go with someone local um those are going to be from my experience the ones that give you kind of the best fees um so definitely get pre-approved find an agent that fits you not all agents are alike and I can tell you that from experience buying my own homes um I cried the first time I bought a house I didn't know what a good faith deposit was do you guys know what a good faith deposit no. is is it some something about like you're good at paying nope. mortgage on time see this I love this okay so a good faith deposit is money that you have to have you don't have to have money that is recommended that you have up front so anytime 
you say, oh my gosh, I love this house. I want to buy this house. This is the one. This is my dream house. I have to have it. Your agent is going to say, okay, well, let's give them a good faith deposit. And you're going to be like, what? I don't have any money right now. What do you mean a good faith deposit? So it's pretty much saying that you are super serious about this house. But then again, you're like, well, duh, you're writing a contract to tell them, hey, I want this house. Do they not know that I'm super serious? Why am I giving good faith money? What's happening to it? I don't have this extra money because generally it's between five to $1,500, depending on what the house is. And to be very honest, I don't know anybody who can give you an extra five to $1,500 right up front because you have to have it within three days of that contract. You have to mail oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I tell me personally, and again, every agent is different. I don't care about a good faith deposit because I understand that, hey, I'm writing this contract, but also a good faith deposit means a couple of different things. It means if you back out of that contract, that seller may get to keep that money. If you back out for no reason, which really you can't do legally, but if something happens and it falls through, that's another way of saying, hey, I'm interested, but now the seller gets to keep the money, but not in every case. It, it's it, There's a lot that goes into that. So it's it's a whole different ball game, which is really something that your agent should talk to you about. So that's one thing. You have to have that money up front. And again, that's due in three days. Then you have to get um, an inspection. I have had several people say, Shanna, I want to buy this house sight unseen. I don't want an inspection. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. You always want an inspection. An inspection is going to go through top, bottom, look at every aspect of that house to let you know what type of condition it is in. From your windows to your faucets to if your stove is working properly to your HVAC system to if your foundation is off to if your ground isn't level, you know, I mean, it does everything. And I, I knew about that, that yeah. you needed an inspection. That's like, well, do you know how much an inspection might cost you? That I don't know. Two to $500 for an inspection. So again, you have to pay that up front. So there's two to $500 more that you have to pay out of pocket and you haven't even bought this house yet. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> Going on with all that. Yeah. How soon, how far should someone who's thinking about buying a house, Yeah. how far should they start saving? Once they realize like, hmm, I'm tired of living in, in an apartment, I'm, I need a house. Honestly, I would say ten dollars to $15,000. Be prepared. Um, and I know that sounds like an astronomical amount, um, but I've seen closings where people have had to bring $17,000 to the table. I, as an agent, can recommend lenders, and I do recommend lenders, but it's going to be very situational. It's going to depend on the amount of the home because usually what you're going to pay in closing costs at the end is going to be about 2 to 5% of your loan. Um, and your closing costs are going to be things like escrow, uh, um, things that you have to pay in advance, like your homeowner's insurance. It's going to be taxes. And everything's going to be prorated based on the day that you close. Um, it's going to be fees associated with a title company, which if you don't know, a title company is where they go through. Oh, and I'll also tell you, I'm a closer. So what a closer is, I can also go and do, whenever you do your closing, you sign all your papers. I'm the one that does that. So um, I do that as well. So anyways, I know the papers like the back of my hand. Anywho, so I can look at them and just like rattle a bunch of stuff off. So you're going to have to pay the title company because they're looking at if there's any liens on the house, you know? So that means maybe somebody owed money. The, the owners of the house maybe owed money at some point. Well, they can't sell their house until they pay off this debt. Um, so do you pay it off? No, no, oh. no, no, no. The seller does. But you have to 
pay the title company. Um, so there's but so the, many things that go into it. Go ahead. You shouldn't be responsible like yeah. to pay just because somebody else didn't pay. Yeah. Like, that's... No, you don't pay. You don't pay for that part of it. But this is just one of the, you. There's about two to five percent. So it's kind of like you know when you go buy your clothes and you're like, okay, well these are you know this is the price of the clothes, but then you have to pay taxes at the yeah. end, and you're like, what? Why am I paying the, paying the government for my clothes that they didn't even make? You know. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like you know you have all these taxes and all these different fees that you have to pay for everybody that's doing all these different parts to make sure that the house is sound and is actually what it is. Um, so that usually ends up being two to five percent. Um, so realistically, I would tell people to have at least ten thousand dollars for closing. That doesn't mean that's how much you're gonna have to spend, but just to be safe. Just there, in case. Yeah, there are a lot of programs where you can get zero percent down um, or zero closing costs. Or um, there are times when you know you go through your inspection process, and instead of asking the seller to fix anything, so you can say, well, in lieu of repairs, will the seller give us five thousand? And this is just a number. You know, it, it, again, very situational. Can the seller give us five thousand dollars at closing? And then that may sound like a big deal, but you know, depending on how long the seller has lived in the house, they you know, maybe they're making a, a really decent profit off of it. Yes, that's their house. You know, they they've earned that um, profit. But at the end, it may just be easier to say, okay, yeah, we'll give you five thousand dollars instead of fixing all the broken things in the house. We'll give you these. So then that's five thousand dollars less that you have to spend on your closing costs. So there's a lot of variables that go into it. Um, but that's why I say, you know, at least ten thousand um, dollars. And that's scary. Like that's scary. That makes you not want to be a homeowner. Yeah. But, <laughs> but should, I mean, should... it's it's amazing. It really is amazing at the end. And I feel like if you have the right agent on the side and the your side and the your right lender on your side, everything can be easily explained. And and you really may not end up needing that much to close. So <laughs> that's a lot. I but, know. I see. You should yeah. see the look on their faces right now. Like, oh my gosh. Like, but but it ties <laughs> into what we're talking about with being financially responsible mm -hmm. and being yeah. financially prepared because I'm um, thinking about next year buying a house. Like okay. I'm tired of apartments <laughs> for various reasons. And you know this is this is helping me because I'm like getting an idea like okay I didn't know it's gonna be like this because I, yeah. I actually have a friend who's going to school to be a realtor and yeah he's connected with another uh, realtor mm -hmm. and I actually like a year ago I looked at some houses but I wasn't um, prepared to yeah buy. I'll I'll tell you a lot of agents want you to be pre-approved first because I can't tell you how many times a like friends and family will come to you because they know that you're a realtor and they're like, hey, I want to see this house. But if you think about how many times people do that, like to them, you were just this one person asking to see this one house or get this one bit of information, not realizing like how much time that actually takes from an agent's day and how much effort, because there's a lot of effort that goes into make like we can't just drive up to the house and say, hey, knock, knock, we want to come in. You know, you, you have to go and you have to reserve that time. And me as an agent, I always call the listing agent first to say, hey, I have a client that's interested in seeing this house. Can you tell me a little more about it? So, you know, that could be 30 minutes to an hour of my time, depending on how much we decide to talk on the phone and, you know, share information. And so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so there's six factors. Like whenever you go to close, there's six things that goes into your closing costs. So there's lender's costs. Um, you have your monitoring service, which is your appraisal. So you always want to get an appraisal on your house. So one thing I always tell 
people is you can go out to all these different websites and see how much the house is air quote worth but it's your real estate agent's job to make sure that they really find out how much it is worth because anybody can price a house at anything but it can come back in a different appraised value um so you've got your appraisal which is going to be about five hundred dollars and that usually comes out that's part of your closing costs as well um you've got your third party fees such as the title company that i was telling you about your taxes and your government fees that are prorated based on the day that you close um your escrow so one thing to think about is on your payment of your house it's not just what the cost of that house is um a lot of people want to do an escrow which is where you have additional money that you give to the lender so that they can pay for your taxes and insurance oh, wow. throughout the year um so you say they it's the title company that will do or i'm sorry it's the the lender that will do figure out okay this is how much insurance we think they're going to pay because they speak with your insurance company um this is how much the city charges and the state charges for the taxes for this type of house throughout the year so this is what we think they're going to pay so then you get your full amount of what your monthly payments are going to be. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind. And then another thing that people forget about, taxes change. Insurance goes up. Yep. So what you're paying this year may not be what you're going to pay next year. Your house payment may go up. But I have also experienced personally, I got a check one time from my insurance company where we overpaid into the escrow. And I was like, what? We get money back? How? Right. This is amazing. <laughs> Bonus. But then in my world, Mine, I'm like, okay, great. What did they do wrong? I'm not gonna, I'm not spending this money. I'm gonna hold on to it until it's been like a few months and I know that everything really is good. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, this is too good to be true. I'm yeah. getting back money. Towards... Exactly. Yeah. But so, again, financial perspective, those are things to think about. Like, make sure that you can afford your house. Don't go out there and say, okay, well, I'm approved for a $250,000 house based on what the lender said. Well, this one's just 260 you know not a big deal surely we can get them down that's one thing I have people always want to look at houses that are out of their price range and it's like guilty like look <laughs> so this is a learning experience for you like as an agent it's it's tough to do that like we can look at the houses and think okay you know what they've got this overpriced like there's no way that this should really be $260,000 but to be very honest we are just agents in the end it's up to the appraiser to do their job and tell us what that house is worth. Um, so it could be wasteful of everybody's time if you're looking at houses. Like that's the purpose of your pre-approval because you know what you can afford. And so you kind of want to stick to that price range. That's just me. I'm just one agent. You know, other agents may be different. Right. Because when I was looking at houses, I have expensive taste. <laughs> Don't we all? Caviar taste <laughs> on a tuna fish budget. Right. <laughs> I was looking at big houses, like six bedrooms, and I'm like, I don't need all this house but mm -hmm. <laughs> it was nice to look at it but now hearing all this I feel bad about it that's okay I'm you sorry know. Van because <laughs> <laughs> I looked at like three of them and I was just like mm, no yeah it, <laughs> but, it's tough and again like these are things that people don't know and I'm just me you know I again I can only tell you from my experience and my thought process like as an agent I'm here to do whatever you want you know if you want to look at that $265,000 house hey fine let's go look at 
at it, but it's also my job to be honest with you and say, all right, look, I need to kind of bring you down a little bit and we need to stay within these guidelines because let's be realistic. Otherwise, we're just going to be out here willy nilly looking at crazy houses that nobody can afford, you know? I mean, that's, yeah. that's true. That's um, true. But some other things to think about, um, you know, once you move into your house, like things happen. Um, and so as an agent, we have a thing called a seller's disclosure where the seller has to disclose every bit of information about that house. Like they legally have to disclose it. But there may be things that they don't know that's going on. Like, you know, you can move into a house and have a brand new HVAC system and then something something happens. I have a brand new HVAC system and we've had several service calls and it's a great HVAC system, you know? Thankfully we didn't have to pay for it, but what if we did? You know, those are things to think about too when you save that money to be prepared for your house. Even the silliest things of like a water hose or, you know, things that you want for your yard or if you've got a bunch of trees, nobody's got time to clean out their gutters. You may want gutter guards. Like, I don't know, just the smallest things. I always try to talk to people about with being financially prepared to own a home. I mean, because that's stuff that, like you said, people either gloss over or they don't yeah. think it's yeah. important until they're in that situation. Like, oh my God, I wish I would have got those gutter guards. I know. And I know it sounds silly, but it's like, I try to think about what my experiences have been with outside of being an agent before I was an agent and also now being an agent. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, you know, not all agents are graded equally. Like we have a due diligence to do to our clients to make sure we're doing the right thing, but not everybody's going to have a bubbly personality or I'm bubbly. I just am. I don't know. I just am. And that may not be for everybody. You know, there's some people that's like, look, you need to tone it down. You're more excited about this house than I am. Like, <laughs> okay, she's not for me. So you have to, and I have experienced that where I had an agent that my lender provided and I was like, absolutely not. No, I am not using this agent. She does not have time in the day for me. Like I felt like I was wasting her time just by doing a simple phone call. And that was, the, yeah, like that's the worst. Like, and then they connected me with another one who is now my best friend. And also another reason why I became an agent. She helped me tremendously and still helps me today. I mean, she is the sweetest, best person that I know. Um, so I give her tons of credit as well as to why I'm an agent, but I still ask her a million questions. So make sure you find the agent that fits you because if you click and you guys vibe, then I feel like you're going to be in a really good situation. Yeah. So. And you're going to feel more comfortable to ask questions to, yeah, you know, get as much information as you can versus being with somebody who is just like, mm, don't feel comfortable yeah. around. Can't. You need to find the person that's going to do the best for you because clearly there's a lot that goes into buying a house and you want somebody that's going to be on your side that, yeah. that knows the ins I mean, and the outs. Just listening to you talk about it, like, like damn, this is like really personal. Like, re I mean, you know, it's a house, but it's like really personal. Yeah. I can imagine is. going around with someone I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, I think that's why I love it so much. And like I said, you know, when I was in HR, human resources, I really wanted to help people. And I wasn't able to help people. And I did, I helped people a lot, but not in the way that I wanted to. Like, I really wanted to make an impact on people's lives. And to me, this is just one small way that I can because buying your first house I don't care how many times you bought a house it's a huge deal like there's a lot that goes into it and I feel like you've got to have that person on your side I really do and I feel like you even coming on here just speaking about this is going to help people get into that mindset because <laughs> I'm sitting here listening and like I said I've you know thought about buying a house I've looked at houses but now I think it's getting me prepped for like a realistic like expectation and what to expect yeah because you see 
yeah. million dollar house listings and all that stuff. And you watch these shows and it doesn't show yeah. H- all of this. No, it doesn't. And what? So, HGTV. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's all I have to say. HGTV. Yeah. Well, and what I would say specifically for this podcast today is that, you know, if you have anybody that has questions or concerns, you know, if they want to filter them to you, I would be more than happy to come on and answer specific questions that you guys get or, you know, whatever the case may be. Okay. Like, I love... We will take you up on that. I, yeah. I am not... Like I said, I've only been doing it a couple of years. You you learn something new with every transaction. Like, by no means am I the most seasoned real estate agent. And I would never, ever pretend to be. I mean, like I said, I, I know people that have been doing it for, I mean, 30... Older than I am. I'll be 40 next month. And I know people that have been doing it longer than I'm old. And, you know, they're still learning things. So it's it's ever growing it's ever transitioning it's ever learning um but you know i'm always here to answer questions if anybody has it so i do have a question um What is your opinion on rent-to-own houses? To be honest, I don't have an opinion. I feel like if that's what... My big thing is do what works best for you. Honest to goodness. You're going to have a lot of people that say, oh my gosh, you're renting, you're wasting your money. Why would you do that? But if that's what fits your lifestyle, do it, you know? Um, and there may, people, may be people that listen to this and think, oh my gosh, Anna, why would you give someone that advice? Like, what is wrong with you? You're supposed to encourage people to buy houses and not waste their money, but you never know someone's financial situation. And I would never want to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing that. They may not be financially ready to just up and buy a house, you know? Thank you for actually saying that because I get a lot of flack because I rent an apartment and they're like, well, that's just throwing away money. And I'm like, well, I understand why people say that, but like you said, like finances and do I want the responsibility of a house? Because mentally I've been trying to get prepared to like, this is going to be mine. Anything breaks down, I'm responsible for that. I'm going to have to find someone to mow my grass because of my allergies are severe. So it's like a lot of like thinking going on yeah. <laughs> on my end. And just hearing you say all this is just like really giving me like, like I said, a realistic expectation of what to expect when I really like, like, okay, it's time to really buy that house yeah. and get out of this apartment. Look, I'm going to be honest. Being a homeowner is the most amazing, most exhausting thing ever. I mean, I- my husband would laugh if he heard this, but like we had a shutter that had to be repaired. I'm not even going to lie. I did not know how to take the boats out of that thing. I taped it. <laughs> I taped our shutter. That, that sounds like something I would do. Onto our house right. until my husband fixed it. I was like, he's like, Shanna, did you really? T-? I was like, yes, I did. Because <laughs> you, I'm not using your drill or whatever it's called to drill those boats out and then put these new ones in. And I didn't want it flapping in the wind and breaking completely. <laughs> off because I don't know how much shutters cost. I should, but I don't. You know, even as an agent, I don't know everything. You know, I'm not just like at the store looking up prices so I can tell my clients, you know, if that shutter breaks off, it's going to be $35. (laughs) But I mean, being a homeowner is absolutely amazing, but it can be exhausting because I swear it's always something. Like you sit down on your couch and you're like, ah, this is a nice, what the hell was that? And something happened. Or I just cut my grass and mowers cost money gas cost money to pay someone to mow your grass it cost money oh, i don't care 
I don't care what size your yard is. If it's a weed eater, it costs money, you know? So, I, you know, to go back to your question about the rent to own, I would just say make sure you've got someone on your side that really thoroughly reads the contract and that can help you understand what the contract says. So yeah. you're not legally binding yourself to something that's not feasible, you know? So you're not, you know, you think that you're paying for this house to be yours at some point and then automatically it's sold from underneath you, you know? So yeah. just, you know, definitely read your contract. Make sure the terms make sense for you in your situation. That's what I would say, um, you know? Oh, that's so just... that's how that happens when they say, oh, it was sold from under my nose. So, um, so, so, you, so you could be renting and be like, oh, I'm eventually on this. And then someone could be like, well, I just sold it to someone else. Yeah. If there's not a contract Jeez. involved and that's, it's not your house. Um, I have a horrible situation. We were almost homeless because of um, a horrible, horrible person. Um, we didn't close on time. It was it was during a holiday and we didn't close on time. This was before I was an agent. And this guy's just a... Anyways, beyond that, because I don't want to speak negative about anyone, but he almost left us homeless and extorted $3,000 from us because we couldn't close on time because of the holidays and, and the banks not being open properly and mm. every the funding wasn't didn't go through timely to no fault of our own, to absolutely no fault of our agents whatsoever. Um, so that was a whole, whole fiasco. But there there's so many things that goes into being an agent and buying a home and you know renting to own it's just it's it's whatever works best for you and don't ever let anyone make you feel bad for the situation that you were in if you know that you're doing your best and if renting works for you and I think the big thing people are like well you know you're paying someone else's mortgage yes I, I, I hear that yeah all the time. but you know yeah. what if that's what you want then who cares who cares I'm not that agent I'm not gonna be like oh, do you really want to rent let me be let's I'm not that agent and maybe that's why I'm not a millionaire I don't know I just try to be honest honest. Um, but if renting is for you, you know, rent. Because there is a lot that goes into owning a home and it does cost a lot yeah. of money. And you know what? Something goes wrong here. Call your maintenance guy and hope to goodness you have a good one. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's how you I know? can, because I'm not handy. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be always asking my friend David, like, can you come over and fix this? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> kind of off topic, I went to my first mother-in-law's house for the week last week and her, um, one of her cabinet doors was just kind of wonky on the hinge. And I was like, hey, you got a screwdriver? She said, yeah, over there. And I was like, all right. Went and got it. Screwed that bad boy in and fixed her drawer. And she's like, or her uh, cabinet door. She's like, you sure are handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Thanks. Hey, so, you learned a couple things, right? Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. So that's, those are just my experiences. Um, yeah, I'm sure I could go on for days. <laughs> I would definitely got to get you back on. Yes. To talk like more in depth about, about this. And, you know, I hope everyone's leaving with, with something, you know, on to think about, especially being prepped like financially and get your credit scores in order because that's what I've been doing because yeah. I put it out yeah. here. When I moved here, my credit score was like 500. <laughs> It was low. You can get, again, kind of going back to the financial institutes, what I would say, you know, find you a little a little sheet where you can write down the comparisons between the mortgage companies because not all lenders are the same. You would think that they were, but they're going to charge you different fees for, you know, like you can go to a McDonald's in one area and they charge one price. And then if you go to a McDonald's in a different area, they're going to charge different prices or it's weird. So, so would they do that based off a of credit score? Because one of the biggest things that I 
I've heard why trying to like buy a house is credit score. Your credit score needs yeah. to be up there. You need to yeah. get that credit score you up. You do want a good credit score. It's definitely going to help you. Um, but talk to your lender about it and they will actually be able to give you advice on how to increase your credit score. Um, that's kind of what they're there for. So Yeah, I got back in the sevens. Good but, what I'm, but what I'm saying, it, it took a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of, you know, I want to go out and party and I want to spend a hundred dollars on drinks and yeah I could put that towards the bill and <laughs> I just want people to you know take away from this that that you could you could be low and you could still go after your dreams and you could still repair your credit yeah. it's not a like yeah. for everything if you're like going through a struggle like say right now and I know we're closer to the holiday season so people are probably going to try to put themselves in debt trying to buy Christmas gifts and oh my goodness. all that but you could get out of these holes it doesn't have to be like a forever thing just yeah. a lot of dedication a lot of learning and a lot of discipline yeah and you know all the information that I give it, it does come off a little scary I just I want to make sure that I'm giving realistic information and again but it, you know it's different for everybody there's different programs out there you know there's all kinds of there's several different types of loans which I'm not going to get into that um, different percentage rates you you know you've got some loans you put zero percent down for some you can do three and a half percent some you do twenty percent you know, so there's so many different very being a homeowner, homeowner is achievable. You just have to be disciplined. Um, you know, you you have to make sure that you're saving the money, you're looking towards the future, and you're being realistic about it. Um, but again, there there's tons of programs out there. So I do have a, a question about the credit score. Um, so they do they look and see exactly like what has lowered your credit? They score? look at yeah, they look at everything. So they it's kind of like the way that I heard it explained once, and actually I think I heard this on the TikTok one time it was it was like so you know how you can go to these different um apps and look at your credit score um but then like you go to buy your car and they're like oh your credit score is this and you're like uh uh got this right here you know this credit happy place told me it was this so the way that I heard it compared to is it's like coke versus pepsi versus the store brand you know you've got all these three different things and everybody they taste a certain way to everybody so it's kind of the same way with your credit score you know whenever you go to your lender depending on what you're doing they're going to look at it in different ways um so when you buy a house they're going to pull it and they're going to look at all your financials which is why they want your bank statements for the last two months you know generally two yeah. months they're going to look at they're going to look at main things they're not going to look at all your little paypal things that go in there generally don't i'm sorry i'm not a mortgage lender so if a lender hears this and i'm wrong hey you know what i'm learning something every day so tell me i'm wrong i'm okay with it but you know they're going to look at the big things and they are going to go back and look at your credit score to see well what has lowered it because they want to help you increase your credit score so that they can get you to where they want want you to be generally you can have a 540 and purchase a home mm. Um, again, depending on lender. Hey, because people make it seem like if you have like a 500, like you can't get anything. Yeah. You need the 700 and up. I th you know, so much has changed and that used to really be the way it was. It's like, oh, if you didn't have almost a air quote perfect score, you're not getting anything in life. But I think that they've seen that there's so many people in so many different situations that it's like, okay, well, why can't they buy a house? You know, like they've clearly shown that they could pay their rent consistently with no issues for five years or two years or whatever the case may be. I mean, why can't they buy a house? 
You know, they've been in the same, that's one thing they do want you to, generally speaking, you should be in your established career for at least two years. That's the big thing that they look at, mm. um, is your employment history, you know? But I know people that they've gone from job to job and they've only gotten better with what they make. And it, so, you know, I think that's some, that's sometimes a question for me too, is like, well, why would you stay at a job that's not paying you what you think you should be paid? So yeah, I am going to go to the, my next job because they're paying me more. I don't care right. that I've not been here for a year. I've bettered myself. Right, so, making the money to pay for yeah. it. So ultimately it boils down to your conversation and your communication with your lender and, and what they're able to do for yeah. you. Because my biggest problem, student loans. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. That hurt me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can't really speak to that. Just, I don't know how far in depth they look at your student loans. Me personally. There may be other agents out there that can be like, oh yeah, student loans, that's not going to impact you. Or, oh yeah, you may want to pay those off. That's going to impact you. Um, I am not well versed in that area, to be very honest. So, yeah. But, yeah, I was just basically wondering if you knew anything about that part because, yeah, yeah that. Yeah, still mm. But you know what? You yeah. don't have to be actively purchasing a house to speak with a lender, you know? Always be prepared. Say, you know, I'm not ready now, but at some point I do want to buy a house. Now, when they pull your credit information, it's only going to be good for about 90 days. So normally when you buy a house, it takes about 30 to 45 days, give or take. You know, there are some places that can close in a smaller amount of time that a generally a general closing after you've submitted your offer on a house they've accepted your offer you both agree on both sides that you're going to buy the house it takes about 30 to 45 days before you actually get the keys to that house before you go to your closing but before you do that the big part is what is my credit score what can I afford to buy um you can always go to a lender and if whenever you do so I think another thing that's out there is People are like, oh my gosh, I don't want my credit to be deemed. You know, the whole purpose of this is I want to make sure I have a good credit score. Well, I don't want to call all these different mortgage companies and like each time they pull my credit, I'm going to take a five point hit. General rule of thumb is if you're looking for a mortgage, if as long as they're doing it within the 45 day period, it's only going to hit your credit one time, mm -hmm. no matter if it's different institutes looking at it. This is what I've learned. This is what I've been told. Again, if there's a lender out there that can tell me differently, fantastic. That will be a learning opportunity for me but that's also a question that you can ask the mortgage provider or the lender is hey you know I just want to be transparent I'm trying to get my stuff together I'm working with different lenders to see what they have to offer and lenders know that you know yeah they want you to use them but it wouldn't be smart of you to just stick with one person you know like right. do what's best for you and shop around for your mortgage and say hey look I want to buy a house at some point I'm gonna be honest I don't know when, trying to get it together. What are you seeing that my credit score is? What can I do to make that better? How much as of right now, financially speaking, do you think that I can afford to, you know, what, what level can I afford to purchase of a home? Um, and you know, ask a couple of different ones. And again, if you know an agent, well, clearly you guys know me, but you know, yeah. you can always go to, to an agent and say, do you have any recommendations? And my rule of thumb is a lot of agents work 
with one to two lenders. You know, if they're only giving you one lender, I'm a big fan of giving people options because I don't want them to ever come back and say, Shanna, you gave me this person and they're horrible. Why would you do that? I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I thought they were great. I'm so sorry. I've not had that happen. Let me be clear. I've not had that happen, but I don't ever want that to happen. Right. Because again, you don't always click with everybody you meet. Um, you know, I've, I've worked with lenders that some people think are amazing. I'm like, what? <laughs> this person's not very nice. They don't have very good social skills. What is going on? Um, so again, it goes back, do what's best for you. Take the time to dig in, but just know that that's one big thing that comes to me is, oh my gosh, I don't want my credit score to be impacted. I, I, I can see that because I, I had someone look into my stuff and, and I noticed, I'm like, dang, like it took yeah. a hit, but yeah. I'm like, well. Which kind of sucks because yeah. you're like, why? I'm trying to better myself. Like, why are you taking points off yeah, just what, for looking at yeah, it? Yeah, why, why are you punishing me for wanting to improve? Yeah, I will never understand that maybe somebody hearing this can explain <laughs> yeah. that to me because right. I still don't even being human resources being a real estate agent like I still don't understand that and before we end I would want to say I love that you said that you like to give people options see I do music and you okay you have your producer and then you have a mixing engineer and you will have a lot of times where someone will try to get want it to be in-house and they'll do things like I had an experience where I had my uh, records held up because I didn't want to mix in-house I'm like let me find somebody who's gonna match with my sound yeah so i'm equating like listening to you say that i'm equating it with that like i need to like okay i found my uh producer but i need to find my engineer to mix and master my uh, stuff but i'm equating that with with this buying a house and being financially prepared because it's, it's a lot like people don't like to give people options they like to stick to the one or two people they know but yeah. no go to this lender because i've been working with them for 30 years or oh go my gosh, with that just, one that is so my grandson true. Like what? Like I want to work with your grandson, and I want to work with someone you worked with thirty years. Of course, you years. think he's great. He's your grandson. <laughs> yeah. Like no. But I think that applies to a lot of stuff. Like somebody will like my car for example you know i'll take it to this mechanic you know th only this mechanic because they they know what they're doing mm -hmm. or just anything anything that you need help with it's always just go to this one person yeah. and that's it just that one just know yeah. this one just, person just, 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 they've, they've been doing it for 20 years but your car broken down every other week <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I like to give options. And maybe it's because I like options too, you know? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because you're supposed to treat them how you would want to be treated if you weren't in their shoes. Yeah. And yes. it makes sense. I would go to you because you seem very genuine and it's not like I'll have to second guess. If you send me to a lender or suggest somebody, I'll have to be like, oh, well, she only has that one person. They probably in cahoots. Because I mean, this is the first thing that comes in my mind when you're like, no, 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 no. Go to this person. They're they're, they're great. And I meet them and they're like, uh-uh, I don't like them. I've like, had that. I'm telling you, I've had it happen before to me too. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and thank you, B.R.I., for saying that. That means. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we, we'll, we'll get mail and stuff. And they'll be like, where is she located? <laughs> I want to work with her. I'm pretty sure. Oh, thank you. Like, awesome. Like, I just, I, I, honest to goodness. And I know this sounds so silly. And it probably even sounds fake. Where's my business? I'll have to read to you what's on the back of my business card. It's so cheesy, but it's totally me. And you would think that I'd be able to remember the quote, but I totally can't remember the quote. So I'm going to try to find one. But anyways, like I, I truly just want to make sure people are doing what's best for them. And sometimes you don't even know where to start. Like that's the hardest part of it is knowing where to start and hoping that you find somebody that can be honest, you know? Right. Like, okay.
Okay, so my business card on the back, and this is a quote. This is not me, but it's by Jay Danzy. I think that's how you pronounce it. It says, your smile is your logo, your personality is your business card, and how you leave others feeling after an experience with you becomes your trademark. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I agree with that. So Because if yeah. I'm, you know, I've got another friend who's looking for a home, hmm, who am I? I'm going to remember. Like, she was awesome. I had a great time. I would suggest to be like, go to Jenna. Like, go, go to her. She's awesome. She has a nice personality. You would really enjoy her. Opposed to someone who's kind of cold and closed off. Yeah. And you just like, okay, I was bothering the whole entire time. I know. And I felt like that. Like, I'm the one agent, I was like, oh, I'm sorry I even called you. Like, did I <laughs> wake you? Like, what? And that's awful. I thought that was your job, but okay. Yeah. I won't bother you. I hate when people do that, especially fast food workers. <laughs> Can I get a hamburger? I get like oh my god! No, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm that, that, that is my 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 favorite my favorite thing to mock is uh, fast food workers or Walmart employees. <sighs> what do you want? Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I, I guess I can I guess I can get that for you. I don't yeah, know. hold up. Okay, but I'm not I'm not done yet. All right. <laughs> and you know what? It's a pet peeve of mine because again, going back to my my human resources career, I dealt with so much stuff, but there was not one time I had. You, you just you can't be that way. Like I get it. Nobody wants to work. Like it's not the funnest thing, but treat people with respect. Like, do you really want somebody doing that to you when you to go to get your food? Like I don't. No, it's just a huge pet peeve for yeah. me. So get your food, yeah. get your house, get your car. Like, do you want someone to be disrespectful? Or if you can't, like, back to the financial thing, if they can't afford what they thought they could afford, to be rude about it, like, it's wrong too. Oh yeah, yeah. and that's a huge pet peeve. Like, as an agent, well, for me, I feel like part of it is my job. Like, I want to help them. Like, okay, hey, like, you didn't qualify based on because we do work closely with the lenders, and they'll say, I'm sorry, you know, they're not qualified. That's devastating. Yeah. You know, like that hits you hard. Yeah. Like we work so hard in our lives to be the best and to do the best and to help ourselves succeed and to, to get that blow like, gosh, like what do you mean I can't afford to buy this house, you know? So I always try to say, hey, you know what? It's okay. We'll get there. Let's let's work with the lender. Let's see what you need to do to get you in a better position. Like I can't really do anything about it, but I I can be there for them, you know? That's doing a lot, though. Yes, yeah. Getting that encouragement to someone, be like, you know what, right now you can't get that house, but maybe we could look at something else or we could, like, work on your credit or yeah. whatever to get you to where you want to go. Yeah. That's, that's awesome in my book. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's much better than just being like, oh, sorry, can't help y'all. Yeah. Well, you're not going to benefit me any, so go on. Better like, luck next time. Yeah. <laughs> call, yeah. Me when, call me when you can afford something. And and that's what a lot of people will do that's to people. That's horrible. That's hor No, no. You should help people. This has been Listen Up with B. Rye, a.k.a. E to the B, and our special guest, Shanna. I greatly appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. And please listen. <laughs> <laughs> please uh, subscribe to our TikTok, our Twitter, and um, keep listening up on all streaming platforms. And thank you again, Shanna, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Yes. And I can't say enough, like, you're awesome. And we will definitely have her back on. Thank yes, you. You're coming back on whether you want to. <laughs> 
to or not. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love this. I loved it. Thank you. But please, everybody, listen, share, tell all your friends, families. Your cats, your dogs. Cats, dogs. Tell tell your tree. Tell your flowers. <laughs> tell Just tell anybody and everybody that you can find. Can I jump in? Can I jump yep, in? Go ahead. Please. Uh, seriously, though. So from, you know, an entrepreneurship perspective, like you don't know how important it is to just share. You know, share a podcast. It takes a second. You're probably going to share a quote or share a friend's post or type a post on whatever social media anyways. You might as well support your friends and your family. So share. And these guys are amazing. They've put in so much time and effort and I'm certain money based on all this equipment I'm looking at. So share, share, share and listen. Like take the time to listen. Thank you. Thank you, You're <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha